Hello, my friends. Today, I take you through some of the riot footage from across America and a bizarre copycat riot in Montreal that involved a break-in, a smash-and-grab, a robbery of a guitar store in Montreal. It's crazy. I'll tell you my thoughts, and I'll show what Donald Trump has said he'll do so far. And then later, I'll interview our new reporter, Anna Slats, who is down embedded with the rioters in Washington, D.C. Hey, before I do, let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. It's eight bucks a month or 80 bucks for the whole year. You get the video version of this podcast. And come on, you got to see these riots with your eyes. Anna's doing a great job down there. I want you to see her report, too. You can become a premium subscriber to Rebel News Plus simply by going to rebelnews.com and clicking subscribe. Okay, here's today's podcast. Tonight, Antifa tried to burn down America and they nearly succeeded. Can Trump beat them? And whose side is Canada on? It's June 1st and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. I'm sure you've seen the shocking footage from across America. Protests, riots, arson, vicious assaults. Some of it peaceful, much of it not. Much of it committed by masked men and women. A strange thing, now that masks have been normalized in public life, which they never have been before in the West. It was nominally in reaction to the killing of a black man named George Floyd by a white police officer named Derek Chauvin. Chauvin has been fired as a cop and charged with a crime. Chauvin's wife, a woman of color, has filed for divorce from him. Chauvin had many complaints against him before, none of which obviously took him off the force. There are a lot of questions to be answered, but those answers will not likely be found in downtown Montreal, where a march in solidarity with Floyd led protesters to, uh, you know, smash through the windows in a guitar shop and steal guitars because, you know, a Quebec guitar store is the perpetrator of a possible murder in Minnesota and stealing the guitars will set things right for racial justice. If you think I'm going too far, well, that's exactly what the kind of thing the media is being saying. In fact, they're saying that these riots, often in black neighborhoods with Black Lives Matter signs in support of a black victim, the media are actually saying, get this, that it's far-right white supremacists. I'm not even kidding. Democrats, uh, politicians are saying that. Democrat media is saying that too. There are also right-wing groups uh, that are out there as agents provocateur, just trying to make the protesters look bad. And they've been caught on video over and over again. Is, is that really who's doing this? I think the media needs to get their talking points in order. Uh, are these protests a necessary expression of democracy fighting against the man and thus to be supported? That's how most of the media handled it, at least at first. In fact, rich white liberals were not only cheering the riots, they were pledging their own money to help arrested rioters make bail. Hang on, but are the riots, in fact, from white supremacists? Because if so, then helping them is... But this is so confusing. Here's a guy who's confused. Here's Charles Palmer. 
an NBA journalist, a black man himself, literally cheering for the fire, not just for the people lighting the fire and rioting, not even for George Floyd. He was actually cheering the fire, like cheering for the virus, really, cheering for pure destruction. Burn it all down, he said. What a photo there, too. Until the rioters started to get a bit close to his fancy gated community. Then his tone changed. They just attacked our sister community down the street. It's a gated community, and uh, they uh, tried to climb the gates. They had to beat them back, then destroyed a Starbucks, and are now in front of my building. Get these animals the F out of my neighborhood. Go back to where you live. Whoa, that moved fast from burn it all down to don't you animals burn my fancy house, and worst of all, my fancy Starbucks, you animals. That sounds a bit racist. <laughs> Um, by the way, that burning building, turns out it was a 189-unit affordable housing building for the urban poor. Yeah, so that's the left, the media, the leftist media, same thing. Um, here's an observation by Bernard Carrick, the former commissioner of New York uh, Police Department. How could this all be organized for the same night? Don't tell me it's all organic. Nothing moves like that unless it's pushed. Here's what he said. Is there anyone that truly believes that this was not an organized event? How much do you think it would cost for communications and travel and manpower for an event like this whose money is behind it? Here's what he means. Uh, isn't that good fortune? Isn't that good luck? A cache of bricks suitable for throwing through windows that had just been deposited on the street in New York. Now, other New Yorkers report that there's no construction nearby but a truckload of bricks was dropped off. That sure is a good coincidence, isn't it? I think there are peaceful protesters who are upset about the world, who are upset about being locked in their homes for two months too, by the way, who want to go out and do something positive. I think there are people of good faith amongst them, but watch this. Watch an agent provocateur approach a group of Black Lives Matter protesters and try to get them to start a riot. Take a look at this. Are you kidding me? You're asking us to flip over the, the truck? Okay, no, no, no. Are you instigate. kidding me? We do not instigate because it comes back on the block. You just asked us to flip over the f***ing truck? No. This man, this man just asked us to flip over the truck with this camera out. No, no, no. He just asked us to flip over the f***ing truck with this camera out. Who are you with? Hold it down. Who are you with? Wait, wait. I'm talking about this exact problem right now. Hold up, hold it down. Listen. He's running. He's fucking out. Get him the f out of here. We got you on video. Hold it down. If anyone in the crowd is trying to incite violence. They ran him off, but who was he? Who was he? Who was this man I showed you the other day, dressed from head to toe in black, face mask, umbrella to block cameras, quietly smashing windows by himself, building after building, to get the party started in Minnesota? Who was he? Antifa is one answer. Their tactic is called Black Block. They all dress in black from head to toe, covering up any identifying marks, covering their faces, covering tattoos, make it hard for police to identify them later. It's a tactic. They're organized. They're pros. They've done it before. Speaking of which, look at this from Alexandria, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. She's the leading Democrat congresswoman protesting safely. Well, that's a helpful idea. Bring snacks and protest signs. That's a good idea. But look at some of those. Bring goggles and a mask. Bring nondescript 
solid color layered clothing covering identifying tattoos heat resisting gloves what on earth are you preparing for look at the bottom there don't bring your cell phone without turning off face or touch id going on airplane mode and disabling data what are you expecting to happen here alexandria so hide your face, dress anonymously, wear heat-resistant gloves? Sir, you don't need that to protest, you need that to riot. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is giving advice on how to riot. What else, what else is her advice for? This is organized. The agents, provocateurs, the bricks, the riots, the instigators. I don't know who's behind it. I know that George Soros has in the past supported Antifa. He brags about sponsoring civil unrest around the world, including outright revolutions. Why wouldn't he try to do the same in America against his nemesis, Donald Trump? I doubt China is involved. No need for China to get involved if so many hardcore left-wingers in America are willing to do the heavy work. But here's a video by China's English language propaganda arm mocking the riots and comparing them to their anti-democracy crackdown of China against Hong Kong. The riots in Minneapolis have spread to more than a dozen states. On the Chinese internet, netizens cheered because the U.S. government and the U.S. Congress supported the riots in Hong Kong. Chinese people generally believe that the riots in the U.S. are retribution for that support. To be honest, those kinds of feelings are normal. However, the Chinese government has not shown any support for the riots in the U.S. I hope that Americans notice Beijing's restraint. We have not tried to kick the U.S. while it's down. Some Americans say that the riots in the U.S. are different from Hong Kong's in nature and should not be mixed. There are, of course, different reasons for the riots, but their similarities are overwhelming. They all defy the law, subvert order, and are destructive. Burning police stations, blocking roads, smashing shops, and destroying public facilities in Minneapolis and other places are exactly the same violence in the Hong Kong demonstrations. You can even say Hong Kong sucks infiltrated the U.S. to carry out this violence. Violence in Hong Kong is justified and violence in the U.S. is unjust. This kind of thinking is intolerable. As I write this, Donald Trump has yet to address the nation. I wish he would. It's time that he did. He's tweeted a lot about it, including asking governors to get tough, asking governors to call on the National Guard. Okay, thanks for the tweets, but we need something grander, something to assuage the black community, to show that he's sympathetic to their feelings of alienation, something to show solidarity with the communities that have suffered from the riots themselves, mainly the black community, by the way, like this woman, for example. You and so many others are going through such a rough time. How's, how was last night? Scary. I live in the high-rise right back here, and I seen them as they came down Lake Street. But then they turned and started coming over here, and I'm sitting out looking in my, out my window. And they went straight to Office Max, the dollar store, and every store over here that I go to. I have nowhere to go now. I have no way to get there because the buses aren't running. These people did this for no reason. It's not going to bring George back here. 
George is in a better place than we are. And last night, I'm going to be honest, I wish I was where George was because this is ridiculous. These people are tearing up our livelihood. This is the only place I could go to shop. And now I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have anywhere to get there. I know you mentioned, you know, being in your home last night and, and, you, and you did have some folks that were helping, you know, holding, holding the ground. And you see some cleanup right now as well. You know, there are signs of hope, but I can I can see the frustration still. <laughs> when the National Guard came down 31st and they realized that they were coming down 31st, they tried to run in the building where I live at. And they couldn't get in because there was security there. And I'm glad they were there. Because if they had got in that building, there's no telling where they would have hid to stay safe and try to mess with us inside the building because we're a handicap. And I'm not trying to use handicap as a crutch, but there are certain things I can and cannot do. And for, for them to do what they did last night was just stupid. It was ignorant. Now, now, what are you going to do? Where are you going to shop at? Half the, half the people probably don't even live in Minnesota. But we need a larger statement that Barack, -style, Barack Obama-style mass violence, like America saw during Occupy Wall Street and the series of race riots under his watch, we need a big Trump statement that that's not on. That's just not going to happen. We haven't really heard that. Now, we did see this. Here's the attorney general statement from Friday. With the rioting that is occurring in many of our cities around the country, the voices of peaceful and legitimate protests have been hijacked by violent radical elements. Groups of outside radicals and agitators are exploiting the situation to pursue their own separate violent and extremist agenda. All right, I'll skip ahead. To identify criminal organizers and instigators and to coordinate federal resources with our state and local partners, federal law enforcement is using our existing network of 56 regional FBI joint terrorism task forces, the violence instigated and carried out by Antifa and other similar groups in connection with the rioting is domestic terrorism and will be treated accordingly. All right, it's a good idea. Federal police, the FBI, they're not under the control of weak mayors like the laughable mayor of Minneapolis who ordered his police to surrender to the rioters and evacuate their own police headquarters. The danger became necessary and I made the decision to evacuate the third precinct. What a laugh. Now, the FBI is tainted deeply by the Obamas, by Jim Comey, but hopefully it still responds to real crimes at the behest of its director. So set it to work against domestic terrorism. Use those 56 anti-terrorism offices to fight Antifa. Use the weapons of counterterrorism, wiretaps, tracing funds, who's getting on planes, etc. These folks are smart and organized, as Bernard Carrick says. Oh, by the way, Steve Carell and Seth Rogen and the rest he is, Best to stop donating to Antifa, just like you should stop donating to ISIS if you're doing that. But will America really treat Antifa like a terrorist group like ISIS? Maybe. But if you want to see a deep state, you'll see it here. As Anna Slats, our reporter on the ground in Washington, D.C., tells us, these rioters in the main are not actually black kids from poor neighborhoods. It's often rich white kids who love to smash things up in different crowds. Yeah, think the sons and daughters of radical university professors. 
the sons and daughters of lawyers and lobbyists and activists, you'll see people who are connected to power. I see that Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York, his own daughter was arrested in one of these riots. I see two Brooklyn lawyers were arrested too. I don't know if they're Antifa, but my point is there is a wealthy radical set that doesn't live in the ghetto, but that is using the problems of the ghetto to destroy society. They're communists. They take advantage of grievances for their own purposes. They're active in Montreal, hence the guitar thefts. They're active in Toronto too. Donald Trump says he'll treat Antifa like a terrorist group. I hope so, but I'm not actually convinced. But one thing I'm absolutely convinced by is that Canada, under Justin Trudeau, will not follow Trump's lead. After all, Trudeau relies on Antifa thugs for his agenda, just like Obama did for his. I mean, you don't actually believe that those railroad, railroad blockades were a natural, organic act, do you? If you do, I've got a stack of bricks in Manhattan to sell you. Up next, a special interview with our friend Anna Slats, our new freelance reporter who's live in Washington. And joining us live now from the streets of Washington, D.C., is Rebel News correspondent Anna Slats. Anna, how are you today? I am good. How are you doing, Ezra? Good. Are you staying safe? That's my first question. Absolutely. Yep. Right now, the protests, which you can see, I'm following them here. Um, very peaceful, led by Black Lives Matter. Nobody's gotten hurt. Nobody's gotten into an altercation. Uh, they tried to get into the White House through a different route, but the police have already blocked that off. So they're moving again towards their original destination. Now, this is quite a difference from last night. I saw your video footage. Arson, smashing, people throwing things at cops. Uh, what was it like last night? Tell us, and was it a different group of people last night? So last night, yeah, there was lots of destruction. There was a ton of arson. Uh, trees, trees were being ripped out of the street on the sidewalk and being thrown into a massive bonfire they had outside of the Lafayette Park outside the White House. Um, there was a ton of property destruction, especially of government buildings, but a church also was lit on fire. I, I found this out in a, in a separate location. There were uh, stones being thrown through private businesses. There was, I believe, a little bit of looting. Um, and it was a different group of people, absolutely. When the Antifa Black Bloc showed up, they, and I caught them on film, they were the ones who were perpetrating the majority of the damage. The Black Lives Matter protesters were actually telling them to stop, and they were not listening. They were hurling bottles at police, uh, you know, beating up police cars, things like this. That's just not something that was happening when BLM was controlling the protest. So you're distinguishing between peaceful political protests, led in particular by Black Lives Matter, and violent uh, professional protesters led by Antifa or Antifa. Is that correct? Is there a distinction? I believe there is. I mean, we all have a right to protest. We all have a right to dissent against the government. That's dem democracy, right? Right. But these uh, Antifa who came in, and it was, it was almost like you could tell the time. It was around 10 p.m., and suddenly you had all these white kids lighting fires, getting White House lawn uh, equipment on fire, throwing things at the police, 
and you had these black protesters saying, stop it, don't do that. I caught them on video. There were even altercations where the uh, Black Lives Matter protesters were demanding people stop throwing things. And it was these white Antifa kids that were doing it. Now, who do you think these white Antifa kids are? Are they from, you're in Washington, D.C. proper. Do you think they came in from out of the city? Are they college kids? Are they just sort of professional activists who remain on standby for the uh, shock tactic of the week? Who do you think they are? Do you know, can you detect, can you identify any of them? Um, when they come, they come fully dressed in black and they've got even black baklavas on or, or black masks fully covering their faces. Um, you can tell they're white from their hands and from what you can see of their eyes. But uh, there have been some reports that they've been coming from out of the community. Yesterday, a Black Lives Matter leader uh, stopped early in the day to tell people, don't loot. This is our community. This is our kids' future. This is our, their inheritance. It was a really beautiful speech he gave. And he said, don't loot. Don't destroy things. This isn't what we're here for. Do you think those protesters, those Antifa, or those rioters, I should call them, care about the community? And if they don't, it means they're probably not from the community. <laughs> right. Now, it's incredible. As you're walking through the streets, I see, uh, I saw some boarded up windows. I saw last night, oh, yeah. you tweeted a picture of your own hotel that had boarded up its front <laughs> door and you had to find a way in the back. Um, how are ordinary Washingtonians just hiding in their homes today, or are they out and about? Is business as usual continuing? Um, business as usual is not continuing. And even you can see this building, almost every building that I pass is boarded up. And that's new. So last night, the vast majority of these buildings were not boarded up. And there have been construction crews working across the clock. Um, uh, sorry, around the clock across the city uh, to board up buildings and board up businesses. Um, so I'm feeling that the general sentiment is that there is going to be an, uh, an escalation of violence. There's an anticipation that it's going to get worse. Now, I see a large crowd uh, gathering behind you. Uh, yeah. Is this the Black Lives Matter group? This is the peaceful group. Uh, can, can you tell me, do you know who the leader of this group is or what is the commonality amongst the people they don't look like they're wearing the black block uniform. They're not head to toe in black. Who are these people you're walking with? So these people here, these would be the Black Lives Matter, the George Floyd, Justice for George Floyd protesters. They're not wearing any kind of uniform. Uh, and they're just led by uh, black leaders in the community. There's speakers that sometimes come and, and talk. And that's where that speaker yesterday, he was you know, very powerfully talking about not looting, not destroying your own community. Um, so that's who these folks are. Um, this is starting much earlier. This crowd here is about the size of the crowd a few hours after the protest started yesterday. So already it's much larger today than it was yesterday. Now, um, we saw images of police, uh, <laughs> of um the White House in lockdown, the lights had been turned off. We heard reports that the president had actually been removed from his regular office to a safer place in the White House. Uh, do you see any Secret Service or any military or paramilitary uh, forces out? Because, of course, you're in the capital city and it's not just the president. It's other executive uh, cabinets. It's uh, 
congressmen or senators, if they're in the city, are there any special displays of force uh, given that you're in the Capitol? I did see some armored police cars. Uh, these were like big black uh, Humvees, map black Humvees with the, uh, they just were decked out, armored to the nines. Uh, and I'm seeing more of those today. The police presence here today is definitely larger. They've got several major streets in downtown D.C. blocked off with police cars. Um, so I expect to see more of those armored vehicles today as well. Yesterday, I only saw a few. Uh, and then, you know, all hell broke loose in the night. Tonight, uh, I'm, I'm expecting to see way more, especially because the National Guard has been activated here. Now, um, it's hard to make sense of this because reports in the fog of war, as they say, it, it's like the first few hours in a terrorist attack or a mass shooting there's so many conflicting reports shards that may be rumors or or false rumors um how how would you rate how the media in general has reported on these protests and riots would you say they're doing their best would you say they're coming in with ideological blinders would you say they're trying to cover for for antifa and downplay it i've seen uh claims that it's quote white supremacists <laughs> I, I mean, that sounds like, I'm sorry, I laugh because that sounds laughable to me. You're on the ground. Why don't you, I mean, how's the media coverage? And is it this strange theory, strange to me, that these are all secret right-wingers and white supremacists? Help me make sense of what I'm seeing on CNN and on Twitter. Honestly, sometimes you can't make sense of it. I feel like if there are some... Uh, um, well-meaning journalists who are just trying to report on what's happening and they're calling it entirely peaceful, then they are conflating, uh, conflating the, the Black Lives Matter protesters who have been peaceful or the legitimate protesters who are just taking up their democratic right to protest and Antifa. And so they're just trying to say, okay, well, these ones were, were peaceful, so I've got to cover for the more violent ones. I don't have to do that. I can see a very clear distinction because I'm here, I'm on the ground, I've been on the ground uh, right, right inside of it. So I've, I've been able to see where the clear political divide here and where the clear ideological divide between destroy the community and please do not destroy the community is. So I don't need to do these sort of mental gymnastics to justify everything. Not everything can be justified. And uh, the Black Lives Matter protesters are putting that very eloquently in telling people not to destroy, not to loot, and so on and so forth. I uh, haven't seen any <laughs> white supremacists. I've, I'll keep my eye out. Um, certainly yesterday there was a, a boy who was within the crowd and he got pretty ruthlessly attacked. He had an American flag that was taken from him uh, and people were claiming that he was an undercover cop. Now, to me, he looked way too young to be like a seasoned police officer who would be put undercover. Um, so it's entirely possible they had thought he was, I don't know, he, he, they, they had thought he was a white supremacist or something like that, hmm. which would only... And he could have been, I do not know the person. Yeah. Uh, I was just filming when this was happening. It was quite dramatic, uh, him getting attacked by multiple people and having his flag stolen. The flag was later burned. Um, but, it, I mean, that would sort of challenge the narrative that they're all white supremacists here because they're attacking anybody who they think is a white supremacist. Yeah. Uh, and frankly, having but, an American flag uh, in America isn't exactly proof of anything um, other than perhaps you're, you support in general the system uh, which I suppose some people here might uh, 
oppose by nature. Now, let me make one more one well, remark. It's sort of interesting. I, I do have to say because some of the Black Lives Matter protesters had American flags oh. that they were holding, and and they had you know uh, also the uh, American flag done in the style of um, you know uh, Black Solidarity, kind of like the thin blue line where it's like a more colorful version of the American flag that's meant to represent something. But they also had American flags. So it's really interesting to me that that one from that guy set them off. Huh. Well, that's uh, thank you for that uh, uh, observation. Now, one thing I observe is what a gorgeous day it is. Just gorgeous spring day, <laughs> beautiful skies. I don't know the weather out there, but it looks like a great spring day, almost summer weather. I've got to think that if people have been cooped up in their houses and apartments for two months, told they can't go out, told they can't socialize with humans, and this is out and about, that it's actually very compelling for anyone to say, I want some exercise, I want to see people, I want to march. If I get into some fisticuffs, I could use some physicality in my life. I want to do something. What, I mean, it, it seems to me, you coop up anyone for two months, they're going to be anxious to get out, and the timing here is just uh, a fit for that physical and psychological release. I'm not saying that's all it is. I'm saying that it was like dry tinder for this. What do you think of that little hypothesis? I would agree, because I definitely think that some of the folks who are just sort of following around the protesters or biking around them and such, um, they, they don't have anything to do with the protest. It's, it's just people being out. Um, I, I would definitely agree that, I mean, you've got people who are kept inside their homes you're going to get an increasing level of frustration in the same way that we've got an increasing level of mental health issues that are popping up. More depression, more suicides, more suicide attempts, more domestic violence, more addictions. Over, uh, I just read that there were significantly more overdoses, drug overdoses during the COVID lockdown period. So, I mean, it would only make sense that there's also going to be more tension, more political tension, more ideological tension, and that's going to come out at some point, right? Yeah. Well, Anna, I am so grateful for your coverage. Very, very courageous coverage. Uh, as I've said to you privately, it's very important to me that you stay safe. And I know you have a lot of street sense and a lot of common sense, but uh, there's no story worth getting injured over. So please do take care of yourself. Um, where can we find your compilation of videos? I follow you on Twitter, and I would recommend everyone do so. Uh, do, have we put together a compilation page where we're going to have your various videos for the next few days? Yeah, so that's going to be at stopantifa.com, um, and that is a, a, a part of the Rebel News, and I'm going to be putting up all of my videos there, my commentary, my compilations, and any write-ups that I have on the things that happen. Last night was just night number one, and the, everybody here is anticipating an escalation, a pretty serious one. So we're going to see what happens. I'm going to be out here reporting for you guys uh, to let you know what the situation is. Well, thank you for doing that. That website is stopantifa.com. And we are going to ask for people to help chip in because we've covered your flight and hotel and all your expenses. And if there are security requests that you and I have spoken privately about, uh, you, we're just a text or a phone call away. It's very important, your safety to us, but it's also important for us to get the facts from the ground. We're very proud of you, Anna, and we think you've done great reporting already, and we look forward to following the rest of it. All right, thank you very much, Ezra. Have a great day. All right, you Everybody. too. Thank you. That's Anna Slats, a new contributor to Rebel News on the ground in Washington, D.C. You can see a compilation of her videos at Stop Antifa. I say Stop Antifa. I'm not sure the best way to pronounce it. StopAntifa.com. And if you want to chip in to help cover her flight and accommodation and other things, you can do so there. Stay with us. More ahead on the Rebel News.
welcome back on my monologue Friday about President Trump's executive order on preventing online censorship. Sherry writes, I think it has been painful for Twitter to watch Donald Trump spread his message and accumulate 80 million followers on their platform. He set them up and triggered them with the mail-in vote. Twitter reacted and now they are paying the price. Well, we don't know who's going to win that battle yet, do we? I wouldn't bet against the tech companies. PJ writes, my only question is what took Donald Trump so long to get here? Yeah, well, to get here, so far he's just made an executive order. Let's see if it is manifested. Let's see if it takes form. He still promised us the wall, and he's only built a few, a few percentage of it. Paul writes, whatever Trump's plan is here, I'm betting it's been in the works for some time. It's hard to imagine that he hasn't seen the threat of this coming. Oh, I agree with you. I mean, uh, just a week after Trump won, the shock through Silicon Valley forged their plan. You probably saw the Google Town Hall from um, literally the Friday after Trump was elected. They were actually in tears. I'm talking about the VP and, and C-suite executives of Google. They were in tears describing Hillary Clinton's loss. They used the word us and we to describe Hillary Clinton. Um, they've been on a four-year battle ever since. And uh, don't bet against Google, Amazon, Facebook, Netflix, I'd throw in there, YouTube, Twitter. You're really going to bet against all those smart, rich people who control everything? Mm. I mean, Trump likes an uphill battle, but this is his biggest yet. Well, that's the show for today. How do you like the haircut? I got a black market haircut today, and I don't care who knows. All right, until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night, and keep fighting for freedom. Thank you.